Hello. Miss Jennifer's. Hey. How have you been? <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Yeah, you're a hustler, all right. I, I, you, uh, you certainly put in your time at your salon. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I need to clone myself. <sighs> How cool would that be? But then it'd be kind of like, you know, would you do you think you would like treat the other you badly, like like enslave them to be like do all your bidding? I mean, I wonder. Oh, that's a good question. I'd have to think about. It. I don't know. I like to treat others how, you know, right, I, I believe you, in yeah. giving back what, what you put in. So exactly. I'd hope we equally be having just as much fun. So and, your, uh, your clone would probably get along with you. Yeah. I uh, could yeah, say yeah. That. That's good. <laughs> so I will, of course, introduce this. Well, you know, I'll probably just bust in right with this because it's conversational. And what I'll do right now, though, is tell everybody why we're talking. I mean, the podcast will say so, but... Um, this is really cool. Uh, we we are talking literally two days to the year from when we first did a podcast together back in 2021, and that was the uh, the the chat that we had when we uh, launched the Miss Jennifer Special Edition, Special Model Edition for Retro Lovely. And uh, as as fate would have it, uh, it was sort of on my my radar that we were coming up on a year and. Miss Jennifer's and I were talking the one day on a, on a message and I said, it's about a year, right? And, uh, she's, she said, yeah. So we both simultaneously looked it up and noticed that the original podcast was on March 14th of 2021. So here we are on the 12th preparing to have another installment, uh, that we will air on the, on the 14th. So it'll be exactly a year to the day. So. And it's been crazy that, it, that a year has gone by like right? that. Yeah. And, uh, what, you know, and what, how many model editions have been since then? I mean, it's been so amazing to see these other artists come through. You know, this is terrible. I would actually have to count right now. I know. I, I, I was trying to think of that before we I started. I don't know this the thing. answer. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> yeah. I've got to have some chats with a few of them. They're great gals. Oh, yeah. It's, and, you know, one of the things that I think the, the audience listening should uh, understand is that when we did that first, uh, you know, let's say modern special edition, because I've, I've had some special editions in the past where we did some things with models, but um, this is the first we've been able to do it since we relaunched and, and really up the ante that, you know, the models benefit uh, completely from them. And uh, what's, what's interesting for me is that, you know, everything works so well. And then some other models came online. And even though I don't get like a lot of time to get to know people, uh, sometimes you get to know them well enough and, an idea had occurred to me that when we started to um, really try and accelerate the the entire program, um, I felt, you know, what if we had like a, a Facebook group where we could get together and and, and talk, you know, talk mm-hmm. shop and and give advice and give suggestions. And I asked uh, Miss Jen Purs and Billy Jane Deville and a very good old friend of mine, Kelvis um, Kelvis Pinup, um, if they would consider becoming spokesmodels. To the point where, you know, knowing how you guys operate, knowing your mindset, knowing that you're all about, you know, fairness. And here's the thing in this in this day and age, I hate to say it, but the expression women empowering women, sometimes I see it and I just feel like it's going to be one of those infomercials or pyramid schemes where it's being said <laughs> And it's very lost in society. Yeah, I just I just have this like anxiety that like within a few months I'll just look at whatever it is that they're doing and think, yeah, women empowering women. You just you just after putting yourself on a pedestal and having minions, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know, with you and Billy Jane, I quickly 
you know, was able to discern that that's not who you are. And from a standpoint of, of, you know, uh, sort of becoming spokesmodels, I felt comfortable letting some people sort of act on our behalf. Like when, you know, if you get contacted by other models and they want to talk about, you know, what you experienced that, you know, you can, you can freely tell them what you know, what you experienced that mm-hmm. I'm not going to like restrict you guys. I trust you with the idea enough to say, run with it. And it's been really great. Uh, I want to thank you. In fact, I don't know um, if you caught it, but the other day I interviewed our latest special model edition model, Lena Louise. And there was some name dropping going on. You came up and so did uh, Billy Jane DeVille. And I, I complimented you both on your, um, you know, your help for starters. And I did sort of detail how, and I, I really feel like I want to post, post this explicitly on the website somewhere that, if somebody contacts us and feels that there has been a slight or that there's something that uh, wasn't done satisfactorily as far as uh, fairness, uh-huh. um, I, you know, I talked to Lena about how I don't just respond to personally any contact from from models off the hip. I I let it set. I review, you know, what's been said. I think about it. I sort of craft a reply that I want to, you know, articulate. And then I literally, before I hit sand, I run it by these ladies. Okay. They are, they are women. They're in a, you know, it's a, it's a different perspective. You know, there's a, there's a tone, you know, just like how you can tell, like if, if, a, if a story has been written by a man or a woman, there's a, there's just a way there's something about it in the, in the DNA of it that has a sound. And I don't want to sound, um, inappropriate and I don't want to say not, not to say that I'd ever be inappropriate in that that Harvey Weinstein kind of way but <laughs> I want to be super sensitive and I want a woman's opinion on what's said and I want to run it by you guys first to see if it's a you know if there, anything about it would rub you guys the wrong way and yeah because there is the it. other side the other person's view of what's going sure, on absolutely so you know you guys have been phenomenal sounding boards for that and I, I can't uh, I can't express enough thanks and I think it's important for people to know that that's what goes on, that it isn't just, you know, off the, off the cuff. And And I uh, think you're very fair with that. uh, You know, I, I try to be, I mean, it's my core principle. I mean, there's, if, uh, if I sat down and talked to people about any sort of topic, if it's religion, politics, um, you know, gender in the modern age, my, my, my root and core principles are to be fair to everybody. And, you know, if, uh, if somebody's being patronized, then I have, you know, potentially an issue with a situation and there's gray areas. I mean, we have, we have obviously gray areas as far as like, you know, one person's freedoms can indeed infringe upon somebody else's. And it's a, it's, it's, it's how our societies and civilizations hopefully get, get better and better at things and make things better so that everybody yeah. can have a life free from oppression and, you know, pursue happiness and all that good stuff. Um, so anyway, that's a mouthful. And, you know, right now I'm actually going to state um, when I finished up with Lena the other day, I looked at the, the recorder, the program that I use, and I looked at her track and my track. And I just saw so much of me talking, 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 talking. I, said, oh, I did it again. I did it again. Stole I go, the oh, show, no, no, no. did you? Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. So I'm, I'm going to watch it right now. And since I said it, I'm going to try and, like, not talk so goddamn much. But... I will, I will do this. I will ask some questions so that you may talk. Okay. No problem. So your special edition has been out for a year plus. And of course you had calendars before that and everything else. And I know last year was a bit better than the year before, as far as your ability to do events and things. 
Um, give, yeah. me, give me a recap. Tell me how did, you know, how, how was your year? What did you get to do and, and how were things? Uh, well, you know, the salon getting back into full swing really, you know, I was able to do more uh, last year with, like, I haven't been as successful this year with my calendar sales mm-hmm. just because I've been so slammed at my salon to hit little car shows here and there like I did last year. Because out here in California, you know, nothing was being held unless it was outdoors. Right. And so um, with the salon being kind of out of commission, I was able to attend more of those and get that exposure. Right. But um, I'm excited about this year. Um, our big car show is is going forward. It'll be in April. And there it's a cool April nights here. And, and it's huge. So I'm excited to be able to uh, be out there and represent Retro Lovely and... And uh, my calendars are still selling, but I did better last year with my sales last year with my calendars as far as time frame as where I'm at now versus, you know, last year. But I literally just did a reorder. And as soon as I put that out there, I had people showing up to the salon. Most of my stuff goes, they come to my salon to purchase. Oh, really? That's great. If I have them. That's if I great, had it installed. It's a good one-two punch, and it keeps people from coming to your house or having to mail it to them. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I just want to add, um, and it's something that I want to talk to in that that marketing group. You and Billie Jean both made a statement that sort of I never really thought of, and this is why I think that's a good place to have some dialogue. Uh, this was in a private message between the three of us, and what was said was that, you know, the thing with the calendars, a lot of people think that just because the calendar is for, like, the year, yeah, that your your sales window for them is late in the prior year up until, you know, the beginning of the year that people, well, they want to use a calendar and they want to start with January. But the thing of it is what you both said, and I think it's extremely important that we should, you know, convey this to the others is that the real aspect of people buying your calendar is less about timekeeping because, well, if you have a smartwatch or a smartphone, you've got a calendar. You've got a calendar that will remind you things. So the real, the real, you know, the real purpose of them buying the calendar is because they want the art and they want to be able to hang it on the wall. And mm-hmm. for a lot of those people, it doesn't matter if it's June, if they're, if they're meeting you at an event and you've got those for sale, it's still a viable thing for them. So yeah, it's the perfect price point. Right. Um, you know, cause I've, I've always heard to have a price point, like highest package and then, and different things. And it's just the perfect price point and people get, you know, a mixture of your art. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be one of the best sellers is a calendar. I'll tell you what, that's funny the way you said that right there, because I, I have a suspicion based on the fact that you own a salon that to my eyes is successful. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that you sell product. You have things that you sell mm-hmm. to your clients. And I will bet you probably have a range of prices of things available. Yes. Yeah, it's not just one price point, right? Yeah. And I even have them on a monthly, like, a, you know, a repurchase. And so they get a discount if they stay on that repurchase. Oh, excellent. excellent. It's like an automatic refill. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that that reminds me of some of the, again, I've referenced this book a million times, but there's a, there's a book called Influence, which has so much marketing gold in it that I can't even stand it. And I've recommended it to people. <laughs> I've, I've purchased copies of it to give to people, like the audio book. And I, I say mm-hmm. to my friend, you must listen to this. We can't be friends until I know that you've listened to this and I will quiz you. There's things that are said. I'm gonna have to that, check it out because I love. Uh, I'll tell you what, it is. Like it is excellent. I only, I only really stumbled upon it because I saw it referenced and I saw that um, the way they pitched it was they said this is a book that has been referenced by um, Bill Gates, referenced by uh, Zuckerberg, referenced by you know Jeff Bezos, and mm-hmm. like you're talking like these major players, and they've all taken the time to say this was important and. It's interesting, too, because when you actually listen to it or read it, 
it's obviously it was obviously written back in probably I think the nineties because they don't really even talk about social media all that much. They don't talk about the electronic age. It's all you know real world physical stuff. And a lot of the um, things that they cite, because the gentleman that put it together, he references a lot of different um, studies done by universities where they literally take a sample group of people and try things and see what, how it works. And like, okay, so what you just said there about the different price points, that was one of the things that they learned, that people need one thing to be able to be compared against another thing so that they can perceive the value of it. So Mm -hmm. that made total sense to me because I've seen different businesses where let's say it's a manufacturer of a particular product. Sometimes they have two products that are so similar and you ask yourself, God, there's barely any difference here, but there's maybe one or two features or or qualities about it that are a little bit less. And what it does is it gets, it lets them have two things and lets them have that comparison. And when you have something at, at various price points, you stand more of a chance to, to get somebody. And the other fact of the matter was um, another another big part of it was where they're talking about like clothiers, especially like back in the day when you would go to a store and there'd be like an attendant who would help you. And uh, he referenced like men's clothing um, in particular, where if somebody would uh, come in and they were interested in a suit, right? Uh, as soon as they knew that they had a yes, that they had a yes to the sale, they would instantly pivot to thinking about all the other things that they could offer. What about a the sweater? add-ons at what a about, discount. Yeah. What about, yeah. what about the belt? What about socks, right? Um, once you have a yes, you don't know how much more yes you could get unless you have other mm-hmm. things to offer. And that's something that I've recently said to a few of the, uh, the gals in that marketing group. You know, if you just have this calendar or this special edition and that's it, you are missing out on potentially a lot of other support just for the oh, lack of it. having something. So think about stickers, think about mm-hmm. five by seven cards. And for the, in the case of you ladies, I can't, I can't, uh, recommend it enough. Pick up one of those, um, Fuji Instax cameras that makes the selfie so or the, the Polaroids, the, the Polaroid style prints. Right. Yep. And the thing about those is psychologically for some fans, it's the connection to you that makes the difference. And like you well know yourself, um, let me ask of all the magazines that you've sold and the calendars, how many of them do you end up autographing? Like what, what sort of percentage would you say you autograph? Uh, if they come out of the, if I have them in hand and they're all autographs that come out of the that's, shop that's or if I'm it. at an event. Okay. Yeah. And, and with that, do you, do you discount that luxury or do you, do you, do you price it a little bit more? Do you say it's X or this much if, if autographed? Uh, honestly, I just sell it at a, at a flat fee you unless I'm it. having to, unless I'm having to mail it out. Ah, excellent. That's the good answer. I could totally, you see know, that. Yep. uh, it's it. just hard when you start adding everything together sure. and how much they are on top of and to make it, make a buck for us as models. To make it attractive. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's like, it's like squeaking the line there of, <laughs> you know, the, the biggest, uh, way I was able to move a lot of stuff was with bundled packages. Right. I still have um, selling. to. I have to ask this question because I I asked online. Do you, do you have any of your shot glasses left? No, they sold out. Oh, I actually I missed have. I missed <laughs> but I have. I literally yesterday just did a huge reorder on shot glasses, bottle openers, and playing I, cards. I have to have um, a shot glass. So yeah, when, those were huge, and the quality was amazing. Well, really? Then I'm gonna have to yeah. talk to you offline about where you got those because I have some uh-huh. things going on that I would love to maybe access that too. And the, yeah, and there's some money to be made in it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's the thing. It's like having all those things available. So 
let me ask you this question now, since we're talking about you having a variety of items for sale. All right. Mm-hmm. How often is it that you have somebody buys just one thing versus somebody that buys multiple items? What would you say the percentage mixes between either just one or multiples? When I had the when I had the bundle packages, that was that was the hot seller. Nobody wanted to buy individually just the calendar because for thirty dollars more, they got all, all this extra all goodies. Right. See, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's why yeah. you're a successful business lady. Very yeah. Good. yeah, and honestly, they and then a lot of them bought them. It was during the holidays, so I had a lot of, especially my clients, purchase, and then they were like, oh, "I could give this as a gift to somebody Perfect. else." And, exactly. You know, so yes. they bundle packaged and bought the whole thing. Like I, I literally, but when I gave that as an experiment, mm-hmm. within two weeks, I was sold out. That's killer. That's killer. Of now. everything that I had in stock. Okay. Now I don't want to get into details, but just for the, for the listeners and for the models, especially that will listen to this, the handful of them that will, even though they, they all should, um, from the point you did, you, let's even go back to your, your calendar. Cause that came out in late 2021. Um, not counting your shot glasses and all the extra stuff that you've done on your own, as far as just your special edition itself and that calendar, I think it last, the last time we actually chatted, you had realized profit into like a four-figure neighborhood uh, maybe a few times over. Is that still yeah. correct? Okay. Yes, that, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, wrote, I wrote that all down in case you needed to know. Oh, you do. Well, so. well, here's so, the- yeah, I mean, but the special model edition, um, I, I, I haven't done a reorder. The mm-hmm. kind of It really did balance out. I did a total of 200 okay. as far as like a purchase on my own and then sell out. And then I had people going and purchasing from my website, the pinupcowgirl.com. And so they could find the purchase link through there to McLeod. And, um, do you mind, do you mind sharing your, your approximate ballpark income from it? You could keep it private if you want to. I'm just, you could could tell me yourself later. I mean, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, some people might think like it's being braggy, right? But the thing, thing yeah, I really don't do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't go around like Right. You know, oh, I do this. I, and I think yeah. I sh- that comes through on the marketing group too. If people want to know, I, d- I right. don't, I don't like to throw stuff out and make it sound like <laughs> no, that makes your own horn or something. But that makes me ask um, the question: Are you part Scandinavian? Because <laughs> I have I have seen shows where they talk about uh, the Swedes, especially where their culture they don't they don't like to brag. They don't like to talk about how much money they have or how much money they make. They're very. Yeah. They're very like private about that. They, don't, they think it's they think showy is like you know not not good. I just find it rude, mm-hmm. um, especially when art. You know, artists are trying to like a lot of these people are reaching out to me and they're not making anything mm-hmm. as yeah. an artist, oh, and yeah. and and they're like you're making money, and right. I'm like you know, and so I just I don't like people to feel like inferior to. You know what I'm trying to you say? Know what? I know exactly uh, what you're trying to say. And it's that balance of being motivational and, and sh- you know, and talking about. I believe about in that cosmic karma too. Like it comes it, back yeah. on you, how yeah. you help people and, and how you treat people, um, all comes back. Exactly. You know? And you know, that's, that's, I understand completely. I'm the same way. And with this, I think again, that's why I'll go back to saying that I think the marketing group was a good idea as far as, cause I can't tell you how many times I've just talked to somebody with like, suggesting things that I think is obvious and they go, mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's a great idea. Right. You know, mm-hmm. not, not everybody has been a salesperson. Not everybody has put themselves out there in a way and, and marketed themselves. And for some people it's difficult because part of that, um, not being showy, I think factors into it as well. But like I've tried to stress is, you know, you guys spend a lot of money on 
your wardrobe, on makeup and hair, and on the shoots. And you you invest and in, you invest and in, you invest, and the world enjoys that stuff freely. Just to mm-hmm. watch a couple ads every once in a while from Meta, and I I just kind of feel like you know what it's it's not shameful to say hey I'm doing this I could use your help please support us and. I, you know, I'll, I'll be the champion of that. And I'll be the cheerleader saying that people should support these projects because you guys pay so much for everything that goes into it. You're creating it, you're footing the bill. It, it just, you know, that's a fact. So, yeah. And, and, uh, I've, I've talked to some of the ladies and to encourage them to, you know, I know have my, I have my salon, so I have the outlet, right. you know, right. um, of being able to market a little bit, but to be honest with you, your local communities want to help. Local oh, artists totally, immensely. Totally. And if you just, you know, it, it, like I said to them was all it is, is a no at the end of the day, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect you? Right. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask and it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. to see if they'd be willing to either sell your calendars on, on a slight commission or, exactly. or is there something you could do in trade? Like exactly. I've done, I don't numerous photo shoots for local restaurants and Tom and I worked together and we would do a little bit of an advertising bit for them. And as a result, we got to shoot at their location at no cost and they had no problem, you know, having stuff available for purchase. And they were so excited to be a part of the process. Well, I'll tell you what, and this is, this is the thing, exactly what you said. And for, for those who will listen to this and I'll encourage the group to listen to this, um, that's something I've recommended to some people uh, directly where I say, look, have you have you something in your calendar or your special edition that was shot at a location that's a business? OK, if so, let's say you went to a garage, um, you know, they do custom cars or they even if it's just repairs or it's a barbershop, whatever it may be, you know, basically go to them and say, hey, look, I've got this thing that we did. Your business is featured in it. How would you feel about my doing a signing here and I'll promote yeah. it and the powerful thing there is I don't think there's a single like yourself, like with with your salon. I mean, you know what things work for you advertising wise, but there's never too much advertising. So if somebody mm-hmm. came to you and said, hey, I've got this idea, it doesn't cost you a thing. And my my promoting it myself is going to bring some eyes to your business as well. And you never know where the next client's going to come from. So it's like, yes, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that, um, you know, should be, you know, Another great, for instance, when you and like Billy, Billy Jane, I know you guys go to like uh, car shows and events and for some models signing up to have your own booth and have to worry about having a, a pop up tent, a table and all the things that go with it. Right. See yeah. who else is going to be there. Sometimes photography studios that you work with are going to be there. Talk to them about it. If their work is in that product, ask them those same questions. Hey, can I piggyback and kind of have a small corner and I'll promote it so that people could come to and, you know, maybe they'll see what I'm doing and see that you have some of the work that's in that and they'll get excited about it. There's, there's those opportunities or if it's a vendor that's selling a bag that you might've used in one of the shots, you know, the networking is, is King or queen. So, you know, totally. And I get, I get what you're saying. And that's, that's the sort of thing that again, to you or I, I think seems pretty obvious, but to to most people it's like, Oh wow, that is a great idea. You know, that kind of like the light goes on. Yeah, we had a big one. Um, I've been helping two uh, local gals get started in pinup, Miss mm-hmm. um, Adeline Rose and uh, Miss Gray Dragon. And you had ran the ads for the 420. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we have some upcoming stuff that I'm going to do for them, and that's exactly what we did. We reached out to local dispensaries oh, and set up autograph dude. signing events. 
to help promote the sales of their, you know, of the issue they're in. And yeah, it was just like a great way. I mean, out here in California, that's a big deal. You know, so we just ran with it. It's not my thing, but it it fit theirs. And so I'm like, that's, that's not my, um, that's not my fan base, Mm -hmm. but for them, it was 100%. Yeah. Perfect. So I was like, what, we designed the set and we're going to do shoot awesome. it. I'll, I'll be shooting it for them. And yeah, the two girls are really excited. Awesome. And you know, it's funny because it was, well, I don't know when I announced that special theme, but like I actually went to my partner studios and said, who among you have had clients asked to do marijuana themed sessions? Cause I've seen it. And you know, do you turn them down out of like principles of your own? I, I went into the conversation. I said, I want to have like a debate onto like, whether or not you're pro this being legalized or whatever, but uh-huh. you know, have you had the clients that have asked that? And fortunately it was pretty much unanimous. Like everybody was like, no, I don't see any problem with it. And I said, okay, so if we did like a 420 special edition, wouldn't be an issue. And everybody's like, no, like bring it. And, uh, I think it's going to be big. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the kind of like response I've seen in some of the comments and the, the number of times that it's been shared, I think that's going to be a big one. So Good to hear that. Now, that's a great segue question or segue comment. Um, you've become a photographer yourself and you've had work of yours on the cover of the magazine. Yeah, Talk that about was that. very exciting. Uh, well, with my calendar sales from the previous year, I purchased all my own photography equipment. Mm. Oh, um, I did have Tom help me get started in like, you know, a starter package, intermediate, you know, stuff where I can work on my skill level and uh, be able to operate the equipment and not be completely lost as a brand new photographer. Good. Well, he's, he's, um, he's I spent aces. more money in the editing, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. computer software and everything else. Um, oh, yeah. but, that adds up. uh, but it, yeah, it, it's been fun. And, um, as I've, as I got back into pinup here and been doing events, I've had some ladies approach me and are like, how do I do this? Like, how do I, how do I make money? What do I do? Excellent. And so, um, you know, I said, you gotta, you gotta hustle. They don't pay for your prints, you know, and you have to build your fan base and, and give them the long list of things to do, but they've been building and, and, um, Miss Gray Dragon, she's been, she's been like pushing me like, okay, when, you know, let's shoot, let's shoot, let's shoot. And, and, uh, I was really excited to see her get a cover. And you know what? And I, I, we have some, some business to, 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 I, I have some to take care of with you with that set. Uh, with regards to uh, a full critique of the material. I mean, obviously, I liked it enough that we we ran it as a cover, but yeah. I would like to get into the into the weeds as far as, you know, photo by photo. Uh, oh, talk, yes. Talk about different things that I noticed and what, uh, what could be pitfalls. And uh, it is such a shame to say it this way, but <laughs> I talked to... I was talking with another publisher this past week. I was on my way to a location shoot, and there's a there's a team that... Um, I know I've had them in, you know, my, my publications as photographers and models and they have magazines of their own and I really like their style and they've been great to work with and, you know, low impact. And I love what, um, what he does as a graphic designer with his, with his, with his layouts. Like I could tell he loves it and it's important to him. You know, he's actually doing the kind of caliber of work that I wish I had the time to do. And, Uh you know, the thing it is in the past year, having, uh, changed the way we, process things um actually it's a it's a year it's uh it's a year and like five days since i launched the new uh the new submission portal that we have and it's been it's beyond um it has been beyond critical for being able to to handle the capacity that we handle now i mean last year was 428 issues and like 
when I put that statement out, I say, now, as a reminder, there's 365 <laughs> days in a year. Okay. Right. <laughs> and there's like 10 different titles and then all the special editions. And the bottom line is um, the process is conducive for people getting, um, I don't want to say addicted to it, but I think it's easy enough that they come back. Like, uh, they'll, well, a good, a good example is what I call the retro lovely syndrome. All right. I've had days where let's say a model submits a set and it's the first time I'm seeing from her or it's a model I maybe have seen before, but the work is by some new photographer. Right. And what happens is I think for the last like nine months, I don't think most submissions don't get a reply in more than 12 hours because it is a full-time thing. It's important. I know it's important to people. There's nothing worse than not knowing or waiting. And it's been something that we've really focused on to be, uh, you know, very responsive with getting an instant reply. In some cases, so fast that some people think it's automatic and it's not. But the thing that happens is when some new photographer or model, let's say, gets exposed to the process and they see how fast it was and they see how structured it is, this thing happens. And it 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 happens probably once a week. Some new person gets initiated and then I'll see six, eight, 10, 12 submissions from that person within within the course of a few hours because they're sitting on an entire portfolio of work that they would love to see in print and maybe somewhere along the way they just got frustrated with how it's been. And because Mm -hmm. of the fact that they get the response, they feel feel compelled to to invest the time to submit the work. I mean, I had one day where uh, this one photographer... They, they submitted like 25 sets in the course of like wow. a few hours and I couldn't keep up. And I nearly sent them an email saying, you gotta, you gotta slow down because <laughs> I don't have the capacity for somebody to dump on me a new set every five minutes, but yeah. that's, that's what happens. And the entire system has been so successful with being able to accommodate that. But then also I think it's actually fanned the flames even further. And what happened was I, well, what happens, I should say, is I see other publications and I see how they uh, still operate. And I just sit back and I think to myself, if I had to do it that way, I would shoot myself and others. And <laughs> I actually am at the point where I believe the, the system could be packaged and offered as a service. And oh, what, I, what I was doing with this, uh, with this team, um, you know, that I, I respect what they're doing. I reached out to him and I said, well, to the both of them, I said, I have this idea. I want to explore it, but I need a real world. I need to test it a few times with people outside my circle. Okay. I really can't, I really can't test it with anybody that's really been in the weeds with me, you know, on the, on the, on the backside. Um, but since you're not, I mean, you've used it as a, as a submitter, but you, you've not experienced what it is to, to, you know, to see what happens behind the scenes. I said, um, if you would, if you would consider it, I would like to, set you up as I would some new, you know, service, you know, a, a client, a subscriber, let's say, and, and use it as a test. And I said, I absolutely feel based on the conversation we had, I said, I'm, I'm certain I can save you a phenomenal amount of time. And I said, and then there's other aspects to it too, that could save you even more time if you so choose. And, you know, if I will do this in exchange for you basically being a, a test and, you know, to help me troubleshoot what it's mm-hmm. like to set somebody up. So I'm very excited about that because it's, it's another, it's another thing that will, um, will help us in the long term. It's, it's something, it's one more component of the big picture to keep things running. I mean, the, 
I think I've talked to you about this before, where my whole focus right now is to get everything situated that this doesn't stop tomorrow if I get hit by a bus. So yeah. there's, there's things happening behind the scenes where we're, we're working to have that uh, sort of like locked up. There's some people that are in place that I think could be, uh, keep it, keep it running. You know, if I stop, that doesn't mean that the, the platform is going to stop. And that's, that's kind of like important to me. Not that I'll know, but I just, I, you know what? It's a bit of, it's a bit of pride. <laughs> yeah. It's an accomplishment. You've put together, um, a successful empire. Uh, well, you know, and, uh, it's, it's bizarre too. And this is another thing from a marketing standpoint, 2018, um, when I was approached about selling it, cause somebody just basically wanted to buy the name. And back then I was in a hiatus for four years and I thought, well, why would they want this? It's a, it's a pain in the neck. It's a pain in the mm-hmm. neck. You can't make any money. What, why would they want it? And the fact of the matter was when I thought about why they would want it and we came to an agreement where I said, basically, well, this is what I think you could do. And if that was successful, that would mean it's worth this. So therefore my, my selling price would be X and they weren't, they didn't say no. And I mean, it wasn't a cheap amount of money. It wasn't like a million dollars either, but it was enough that it would make somebody have to like really think about it. And Mm -hmm. my, my proposal was that based on what I think they could do annually with it, they could pay for it, you know, have, have it own it and pay for itself within like five years. And I said, I'll tell you what, since, since I don't know, I said, I, I believe in it enough that what I'll say is if you want to think about it in the meantime, why don't I relaunch it and try those things and let me prove to you that it's possible. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. It actually worked extremely well. It worked, it worked so well that the party in question was kind of like, they said, you know, themselves. <laughs> well, they said, they go, they said, you know, we, we're really still interested, but we, the gentleman said, he's like, I don't think I have the, I don't think I have the foresight that you do to do what you're doing. He's like, mm-hmm. he goes, I think you need to be doing this. And he, you know, he became a partner of mine and we've been, you know, good friends ever since. But the fact of the matter is that's, that's what happened. Now, let me circle back and tie this up and we'll get back to you talking. Cause I'm looking at the screen. It's a whole lot of me talking, <laughs> but the thing, the thing that kills me, and this is what came up in that conversation with this, with this guy, the, the one I want to like hook up. Uh-huh. Uh, we were talking and I said, and this comes back to critiquing work. I wish I had the time to critique work for everybody, but it just, that's impossible. And the thing that I realized was last year, I probably, I probably saw 40 or 50 images that I absolutely loved that I would have loved to put on the cover of one of the magazines, but I could not because mm-hmm. the photographers shoot to, to their, to their camera frame. And if you shoot to the camera frame and it's a 35 millimeter camera, you can often create an image that's fantastic. But the orientation and the, uh, the composition won't let me be able to use it on a magazine cover because of the difference mm. in the shape. Uh-huh. And, you know, if as a photographer, what I would say to you is this, um, after you do a shoot, look at a bunch of photos that you love and think, wow, I really love this. How will this look on a magazine page? And all you have to do is go into your editing program and crop it to a four by five aspect ratio, or specifically, if you want to crop it to eight and a half by 11 inches and see how it looks and see how it changes, how you feel about the image. I can't tell you how many times I've taken a photo and stuck it on like a template for like say a cover. And sometimes the photo that I loved standing by itself, once I get it in the, the template, it just falls apart as a cover image. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've some images that I love the death that are on the inside that could never be on the cover just because of the composition, and how I feel about it as, as shot. Uh, 
similarly, there's sometimes I have some images that I think, well, I kind of like it. Uh, let's try it out. And you, you put it in the template. And then because you sort of confined it, because you've sort of trimmed away some of the top and bottom to make it closer to that four by five aspect ratio, all of a sudden you love it more. Uh, it's a crazy thing. So a great exercise sometimes is to, to, to take a photo, try it at different crops and see how it changes the way you feel about it. And I think the exercise is important to say, you know, there's a lot of uh, f- photography educators whose who's, um, mantra is fill the frame. And, yeah. you know, that's fine. But I, should, I would suggest that it's not the only answer, that if you just back up just a little bit and crop later, like my suggestion would be, yeah, filling the image into the presented frame is a great idea. But do you know, are you guaranteed that it's only ever going to be in the aspect ratio of the camera? Now, for most people, the cameras match what modern smartphones give them. So most people, if they take a shot and they fill the frame and they look at it on their phone, it works. But yeah. tr- try it on a computer screen and pretend it's going to be a CD cover and it's going to be square. You know, that's, that's what happened back in the day when Instagram first started and everything was square. People were losing their minds because their stuff looked, <laughs> oh my God, it looks horrible. So it's, this is that's cut so off, true. right? And everybody just went insane. And, uh, you know, just to give you like a little bit of uh, history, I'm going to shut up, I swear. Um, back in the old days, um, let's say in the 50s and 60s in, in New York City or the fashion industry in L.A., uh, a lot of times a fashion photographer on set really was only... Sometimes they were more of a technician than they were an artist because often if it was a feature for a major publication, there would be an art director on set and the art director would say this, that, or the other thing. They would, they would make directions to the photographer and it wasn't uncommon back then, especially if it was for something like with an advertising campaign, the art director might know exactly, all right, this is going to be in this particular magazine as a two-page spread and they would literally come in with a, 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 trace, a, piece, a piece of tracing paper and laid on the ground glass of the camera, like they were big enough that they had, you know, this big plate of glass that you'd look at and see the see the image. And mm-hmm. they would they would lay on that a, a piece of transparent, you know, film with a sketch to show where the words would be, to show where this would be or that would be, or this white bar that they would leave for for balance. And sometimes they would actually even just not even have that, but take a, a wax pan, a pencil, a wax pencil, and draw right on that ground glass, and basically give them the outline, and. You know, even today, uh, for certain for certain applications, um, like I don't know of the software that you use. One one that's actually pretty common for professional photographers is called Capture One. Which, if a photographer is using their camera and they're shooting tethered or connected to their computer, sometimes they'll have a digital tech sitting there watching the photos as they're taking, taking mm-hmm. them, and they'll they'll on the fly say, "Hey, uh, this is too like the light's too hot in this area, or it's too dark over here, or." They're catching details and they're correcting as they go. Um, but sometimes those digital techs, if, if they have an art director, a specific need for the image and the composition, they'll give them what they call an overlay, just like, like in the old days, except it's digital. And what they can do in, in Capture One is call up the overlay and see this kind of like sketch, this outline of what it's supposed to look like and compare it like real time. And it's, it's that critical. And the thing That's is... That's pretty awesome. With, with most modern uh, photographers that shoot people, they're just thinking about delivering a photo that the person's going to love on their smartphone. They mm-hmm. don't really think about, well, what if they want to use this as a CD cover? Maybe they're a musician. 
what what do I have to consider? Or maybe they want to submit it to a magazine. What's it going to look like? So, you know, when, or any kind of print for that matter nowadays. Kind of print, yeah, I mean, if you've ever yourself had like a photograph and you thought I'm just going to make prints to give to somebody, and you go to whatever service, Shutterfly or whoever, and you upload it, and all of a sudden when you see it as a five by seven, it looks a whole lot different than it does as an eight by ten or as, as an eight by twelve. Eight by twelve, it should look exactly like it looked on your phone. But until you do that, you don't really think about it. And it's something that there's a lot of photographers that, like I said, I've, I've had probably 40, 50 images last year that I would have loved to put on the cover that I couldn't. And yeah, that's what we, when Tom and I were getting started back in it and we went to your website and we we went through and read, you know, because you have on there, you literally have oh, yeah, sure. some uh, tips yeah. for people, you know, with shooting. Hey, leave us some room for cropping. You got to add your logo and, you know. And then uh, parts of it gets cut away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. You know, the thing is, I really want to get on there and add some more things because from uh, when we relaunched, we've taken Retro Lovely to being a bit more uh, like a higher bar as far as what it takes to have something in that title. And there are some things I really need to address because like another thing, like, and I don't know if, if Tom, you know, talked to you about this, but when you're editing your photos, something that's like distracting is when if I get a submission from somebody and the models were clearly wearing a white sweater, and you see the photos and it looks pretty good. But then, then you see like two photos and now all of a sudden the sweater looks blue. It has like a bluish cast or possibly orange. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's plenty of photographers that uh, as they process their images, if they don't watch their color consistency, the entire mm-hmm. set can be distracting if one of those images is off. And it's something that I see that you can, you know, it's, it's a missed opportunity and it's a little, it's a little unpolished and it's the sort of thing where now for like retro lovely, if I see those sets, I might give it a no just because they really weren't paying attention to the whole product. They got, mm-hmm. they got a couple photos that look great, but then they lost their minds with the color on other ones. So it's like, you know, those things are, there's a lot of other things I want to add to the website uh, to kind of like give people even more than just that cropping thing. Cause there's, there's tons to like really consider. But, More consistency to the editing of the set. Uh, consistency to the editing, uh, missed details. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know, I see things sometimes and I'm just like, how did you miss that? How did you, there's the light stand. I can see the light stand like oh. <laughs> or your backdrop wasn't wide enough and, or you weren't, you know, positioned properly to have it consistent. There's, there's, I can see uh-huh. the background. Like what, uh-huh. why? Right. And you want me to put this in the premier title? No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But all that said, um, I will go through that set. Now, I actually want to ask you, um, the other set of viewers that was in the debut issue of Cassandra that was, uh, I think, if I'm correct, it was from your uh, Mexican trip? Yes. You took to Mexico? Was that, mm-hmm. did you shoot that yourself? I, I mean, yes. Obviously, I had the credits, but I don't remember. It was remember. self-shot. Okay. Because I, want, I, want I actually want to talk about that set, too. Because I looked at that set, and at first glance, I thought, is there a cover amongst these? And you were really close on a few of them. But, mm-hmm. and if you showed these to Tom, he could probably see it pretty quickly too. There's he a few, did. There's, <laughs> a, there's a few places where the, the lighting got hot. And uh-huh. there was big And sections. I tried to balance it out with the editing uh-huh. in it. Well, and here's the I thing. I you noticed that. If, if, he, if he talked at all about it, the thing with uh, exposure is once you overload the sensor, there's no detail to be had. It's mm-hmm. just gone. Now, if you shoot a little dark bringing it brighter, you have a better chance of capturing something because it's at least still there. It's still there, but it's dark. But once that pixel maxes out and it gets white, 
it, mm-hmm. there's no way to there. Well, I shouldn't say no way, but there's very little way to get back what's missing. Okay. And, uh, I did see that. Thank like, you for that too. There was, there was one or two shots. I was like, at first, I mean, and here's the thing when you see them small, like the previews, like when, uh-huh. I, when I do my review, I see previews first and I thought, Oh, I like, I like that composition. But then I opened it and it was like, ah, oh, <laughs> oh. sorry, man. This one whole section <laughs> is just solid white. And <laughs> Once you see it, you, it's hard to unsee it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that's a bummer is because uh, I had a friend here a couple of weeks ago. We were working on music, actually, and she saw some images on the on the screen. And she's like, oh, I love those. Right. And here's the thing. It's sometimes as a viewer of art, you don't pay attention remotely to technical stuff. And the the photos in question that she pointed out. I said, really? I'm like, see, that's what gets me. I'm like, I opened it, I blew it up, and I said, here's what's wrong with it. And I showed her this, 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 and it's like these technical things. Mm-hmm. And, but that still doesn't matter. They look cute, right? And I'm like, well, what about the hair? There's like flyaway hair like crazy over here, and there's, there's this weird thing with the wardrobe over here. They look, <laughs> they look cute, okay? So that's the balancing act. You know, where they look cute, or is it extremely well-executed art? And that's where people get hung up. And that's where it's, you know, the dividing line. Well, I have to to agree with you on it. It does need to be executed correctly to be worthy of a cover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Depending on the title, especially because the the thing that I have found is there's a lot of different publications and they have a lot of different thresholds of of what they consider to be good enough. And in the past year, one thing that I've been, you know, working to do is have different products that address that because it serves me not at all. If all I did was be hypercritical and expect perfection, all right? Mm -hmm. If you say no to somebody 15 times in a row, they'll stop trying. And, you know, it could be that they're learning their craft and they want to get better and et cetera. So I don't have a problem with having, you know, publications that are suited for that, be that Cat Club or Mott Squad or whatever else. I'll have have some products that... um, that are basically designed to be accommodating. But then if you're, if you're really, if you're really, you know, serious about like getting the craft honed, then there's going to be other publications that are going to be harder to get the work into because I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be tough about it. Like I want to do a, which honestly I agree with, um, when the magazines are, are executed well and the, and the photography and the models, um, everything's on point. Those, those issues are the easiest for me to sell to the public mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you just have, to be, just to put that out there as you have a, more of the consistency throughout. Yeah. They're excited to them, see right. the different models they are excited to see the artwork. Exactly. They're not going, how did that get in a magazine? Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Oh no, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and so, and so that makes it so much easier to move a product. Yep. And that's, that's part of that process of, of why there's now multiple titles, you know, even, because I think, I mean, seriously, you know, Retro Lovely is going to be like the real premier thing. There's going to be one above that that I'm calling Aphrodite. And oh. that one is going to be, let's put it this way. Um, I have photography friends. It is a rare day that I'll like reach out to them and show them a photo and say, look at this. Right. Uh-huh. And Aphrodite is going to be that sort of situation. It's going to be work that uh, when I see it, I want to show it to other artists. I want to go out of my way to like bug a friend to look at it because I think they'll appreciate it. Well, that's and awesome. That's, you know, 
when you see thousands of images in the course of the week, and a lot of them are great, um, the stuff that's really nails everything. And, and I know it's going to be um, a tough thing for some people because there will be exceptions. Like sometimes I see work that's amazing, and maybe the model actually self-styled, and it's maybe the hair is just okay, right? Mm-hmm. But it fits the theme, it fits the mood, and it's perfect for for the whole. You know, so there's going to be like you know, eight to 10 different pieces of criteria and all of them are going to have to be like above seven on my scale of like one to 10. But what that means is there could be some that could be like a two or three, but because everything else was so on, it's still going to get that nod of approval. And I'd, I'd want to share it with somebody else. And I know for some people, like, cause what always happens is if you, if you say the hair has to be perfect and the lighting has to be perfect, that one instance where you have the image that's exceptional and extraordinary and, and shareable um, that doesn't have the perfect hair, they're going to call you out on the fact that, oh, well, the hair was, was frizzy over here. So <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to show the matrix. I'll have to show, like, the 10 points and <laughs> where on the scale, you know, it has to yeah. fall. Because a big one for me is, like, wigs, right? I mean, there's... Oh, I know. There's some bad ones. There are some feral wigs out there that need to be put out of their misery. And... Uh, <laughs> I think you actually made a post I did. once yes. about it, and I laughed to myself because I was like, are people really sending him stuff with Did, horrible? I have, and I just find that I have, funny I have, as a <laughs> as an artist and as a salon owner and stuff like that. Because obviously, I like I try to make sure the hair and makeup and everything is obviously on point for my set. So I'm just like, people are sending him oh, yeah, stuff well, with a wig falling off their I, head. Like, what is going on? I have copyrighted the word or the phrase "feral wig," so if you use that, <laughs> I, I will sue you. Uh, oh, okay. That's that's my intellectual property. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all that aside, we'll talk further about your photography. And it's really good to hear that you have some models actually respecting what you're doing and seeking you out to to help them. And yeah. with that, I hope that, um, you know, you're doing it in such a way that um, I know you're supportive and I know you're like, you, you want to help other people succeed. But I also want you to say, I also want to say to you rather, don't let yourself be patronized. Okay, your time has value. Make sure it's mm-hmm. equitable for you. Hopefully, hopefully oh, yeah. it has been so. Yeah, no, I, I, I did. Um, when it came to the one last young lady, um, I had just opened up some sets. I said, let's just give this a test run over the holidays and opened up five time slots. Cause I'm not, I'm just so booked, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. to be able to send my time and immediately they were booked Good. and she came to me with the idea and she's like, well, how much extra would it be for a possible publication? And I go, well, there's no guarantee you know, you just no guarantee with this. And I told her about the, um, that you give a cover review, you know, and that's helpful. Um, especially if you're a brand new artist and, you know, he pretty goes in pretty good detail. And so we agreed on that and adding that into the price and, uh, came to an agreement on it. But then when that happened, all of a sudden my, you know, my inbox just got full of people going, Hey, (laughs) uh, when's your next photo shoot? And I'm like, "Uh, there isn't one. I literally don't have time to be doing that. Like I, I'm, I've actually, because of the Mexican trip and then, um, the salon being like hot. I mean, it was crazy this year with Valentine's day. Hmm. It was like all of a sudden women were going on dates again. (laughs) And so literally the week before Valentine's day was like the week of Christmas. I just camped out at the salon. Like I barely got any sleep and, Get it. It was good money for for the shop, but Get it. Um, yeah. yeah, to to book even something for myself. You know, I finally um, getting tattoo work done because I have a set that I want to shoot here coming up, and I'll finally get 
that artwork done in time for it and all these upcoming car shows. And so anyways, I was just like, so I had to like take a step back and be like, well, what does that look like? You know, in this particular case, Mm -hmm. I did her hair, makeup. She's never modeled before. Mm -hmm. So I had to help Mm -hmm. guide her through that entire process, shoot and edit. And it was my wardrobe, you know, so what does that look like if you're, so no, knowing, 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 knowing this from the photography side myself, you spent at least at least eight hours on it, mm-hmm. all told. Yeah. Right. Because it took it took longer to shoot, you know. Because mm-hmm. I was like, if we're gonna do this, and I'm gonna give this a good go and experiment, right. I want the shot. And ironically, the shot you picked was my favorite. <laughs> At the very and that was the very last picture I took in sequence. So, so, <laughs> I go, it happens, I think we though. got it. Sometimes it happens. You know, though. I go, she finally relaxed and started, uh, you know, giving exactly. me the eyes I needed and exactly you know, what you just wasn't said there. so tense. I've experienced and, so many uh, times myself and, and I found yeah. the same thing that the difference between that deer the first, in the headlights look they want to give you. Five minutes and then the last the last after like if you're shooting an hour, like the last five minutes, mm-hmm. like the difference in how it is. Yeah, especially huge. especially and I, I imagine I imagine this of you that once you get rolling the people start to become, you know, more and more comfortable and it 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 shows. It shows in their their confidence and shows in their mm-hmm. again. Once the, she got the, theatrical with it. I'm yes. like, I want this to be um, you know, I described or, you know, you know, the feel of it. And then when she finally started to just relax and get well, fun with it, I'll then tell you, of, of all the, of all the photos that were submitted, um, there wasn't any that I felt were, were stiff or, or, um, I mean, if you didn't, if I didn't just have this conversation with you, I would imagine that, you know, she's been doing this for a while. I mean, it uh-huh. looked, it looked very fluid. Well, that's awesome. So that's that's kudos on her there, and, and yeah. then kudos, kudos back for you setting up that environment that that could happen, and of course giving good direction. Having done it yourself is like a, a great thing. So yeah, that's, that's, it was that's it was fun day, but yeah, but it took longer, obviously. Right. And so yeah, you add that on there. Um, and I and think then, so. Since you've p- picked up the camera, um, now that you get to experience firsthand all the other time that's spent apart from hitting that shutter button. Um, was it a revelation for you? Did it, did it kind of like give you like a reality check on how much time actually goes into it? Yeah, actually it made me go, cause you know how many times I'd shoot with Tom and he'd be like frustrated with some kind of, uh, you know, issue. meltdown yeah. with equipment or lighting issue, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'd just be like standing there and he'd be like, you move, you die, you know, cause I'm in the pose he wants, oh. right? I'm, oh I'm in the God. stance and I'm like, figure it out, man. This is killing me. I'm burning. You I, know, like I just had that two days ago. I had the person they they struck a pose, and I want to change something. I'm like, now don't mess that up. I, I used an expletive. Yeah. I actually swore, but I'm like, oh, you <laughs> that up. That was his favorite line. You move, you die. Yep, and so good. I literally was like feeling his side of it there, and I was laughing, you know, because we shot that outdoors, and and I was trying to uh, filter through some of the lighting and not mm-hmm. have it be what happened to me in Mexico. Right. And so, <laughs> oh, that's good. So you actually were aware of it during that. Excellent. Yeah. And so, anyways, that being said, you know, now, I was like trying to to work out kinks on my own, learning, and this, guide her in the process. Right now, this this actually makes me think of another uh, question that could be useful for you as a photographer. When uh, when you offer the sessions to your prospects, and hopefully they become clients. How do you present the pricing? Do you actually just get them like a, a one lump sum figure or is it a la carte 
or do you itemize no, things? I've How always do you- done everything that Tom taught me is always a three-point price range. I start with a basic package. Okay, I get that. What um, and then- what I'm really more getting into is um, when you present them the, the fees for those different packages, do you detail out where the money goes? Yes. Okay. Well, no, I don't, I don't know if I detail out where the money goes, but I put in specific detail what they're getting for their money. Okay, good. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of going down that road. Um, Because one of the things that I think when, like I just said, asked you, was it an education now standing on the other side of the camera as to how much time it took? I think Mm -hmm. I've experienced, and I'm an advocate for photographers to provide itemized billing because... Well, like for myself in my studio, when I would have clients come, uh, my invoice would show what the makeup artist cost. You know, they're, they're, they're their own entity. They're a freelance person. They're not an employee. They're getting this. Mm-hmm. And then I would have an overhead fee. And I would have some clients that say, well, what's this? And I'd say, well, you know that door that you walk through? Okay. I pay rent for us to be able to be here today. And I pay money to an, a power company so that these lights can be on. I pay this, this, and this just for the privilege to be here today. I do not get to keep that. And I think in this sort of business, because it's, um, because we, because you have a lot of people that do it for fun, because you have a lot of people that do it as a hobby. Um, I think the line between those that do it professionally and the value that it has versus those that do it as a hobby is blurry. Mm -hmm. And for, for clients, especially, I found it to be very powerful to, to show them, this is where the money goes because I would sometimes hear comments from like a significant other, like, Oh wow, all this money that they make. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? You like, don't know the overhead. Like, <laughs> honestly, like what well, I said to you, if you spend eight hours on that shoot, let me just think, I'm just going to, in my mind, pretend I know how much you charged or the ballpark. And if I say you spend eight hours, you made less than you do as a stylist for your time. Yeah. If you spend eight and hours with, with clients in your salon, you would have made probably five times as much money. Yeah. And I, and when I did it, when I did it too, you know, I, it's kind of like the same process you went into talking about, you know, your next business adventure with helping another, mm-hmm. you know, right. using it as an experiment. And she came to me and, and I, and she is a client of mine through my salon okay. and she's a hustler in her own right as far as work and who she is as a person. See, that's right there, and so that showed me character. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, will I be willing to invest to help someone else too? And, and it helped me too in yeah. the process. Like, yeah, you, you what identify. does that look like? What should you price point this at? Right. You know. Yeah, and you and you obviously identified that with her because of her hustle. Yeah. That, and here's the thing. That very fact is is probably a good component of why once the shoot was done, your inbox was filled with other people saying, hey, how can I, you know, what percentage of them would you say either saw her post or knew her or, you know what I mean? She, she probably was oh, a good catalyst was all, for that. Right. Pretty much all the local cowgirls <laughs> for wanting to know. God bless When them. was the next one available? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm sorry. That was like a, a thing that I did in December and it just now come full, full circle. Right. You know? Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a learning experience, but I think you're on the, a fantastic track. I mean, having been on the other side of it and having a successful salon and having, you know, Tom as a mentor too. I mean, I think, Oh yeah, he's like, great. Really like, and well, you, you, you clearly have a lot of like advantages that way. Um, yeah. so that's killer. Yeah, that's killer I've had, and I've had advantages in, in that aspect to get, to get going again and, and, uh, have, uh, quality images to be published in your magazine. You know, when I 
what was that back in 2018? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And so anyways, um, but I, I so I want to be able to do that. Like I said, give back like just what had happened for me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which is, which is killer. And you know, I, what was the guy's name? Zig Ziglar. He was like a motivational guy. Oh yeah. Talking mm-hmm. business and everything else. And I remember I listened to like a, an audio cassette of him back in the day when I was a salesman full time. And he said, there's nothing wrong from profiting from helping others also profit. And he said oh, that, yeah. that could be, you know, helping them learn. It could be helping them do better in their business. He's like, if it's equitable, there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of and embrace it and figure out how to do it. You know, it was just, and it's always stuck with me. It's like, I don't like, like I said to this, to this guy the other day about this service that I want to offer. I said, I know I can save people the kind of time that the amount of time that I save them and the value that it has is going to pale in comparison to the, to the light fee that I want to be able to set them up for the service. You know, it'll, it'll literally be a situation where I, I, I kind of, I said to him, I said, I feel kind of bad because I just know that when people experience it, it's going to become like a little taste of heroin where they're going to be like, well, God, you know, I need that. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need that resource because it made me more money because it's yeah. safe, because it's safe. Time, time is money. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> So now, okay, some modeling, your special editions, your um, becoming a photographer, and you're a cowgirl. How's everything? What's, how's how's everything going with the rodeo circuit? Uh, well, the... my my son is the one that's doing the high school rodeo right now and everything. But we do have a, a buckskin horse that's here, and I was actually just talking with a family, and I, we're going to start putting a pattern on him for myself. So. I just been, uh, I'm also a mother on top of all this. So I have a, <laughs> a yeah, add, add more into the mix and I have a, he's, he's a senior this year and he goes off to the, to the Navy after <sighs> he graduates. So we've been, you know, it's been a lot as far as a mom this year. And so mm-hmm. the, the, I haven't done as many shoots since the beginning of the year that I did as, as of this time last year, I have stuff lined up to get done. Um, but you know, other things have to become priority well, sure. yeah. first, you know, and then, and then that, but, um, I think it's been great though for my kids to see, uh, just because you have a family and everything that your own, uh, dreams and goals don't have to be sidelined. Right. Right. Very you know, good. that Very you good. can, you can still build and grow and evolve as a person and, uh, yeah, that's definitely something that I want to get back to. And I attempted to be able to do so, but it just didn't work out with a horse I had purchased. And so um, we have a we have another one here that's looking promising. Good. It's just uh, to to invest all of that, you got to have something that's worth it. Mm. Um, oh. It's a lot of money to oh, get yeah. involved and oh, get going. Yeah. Well, you know, a good, a good friend of mine was just saying how his, his daughter just started taking like riding lessons. Yeah. And I just said to him, I just instantly said to him, she's not getting a horse, right? Because <laughs> I know where he lives. And I know, you know I mean, they're, they, he and his wife have decent jobs. But it's uh-huh. the sort of thing where it's like, I just know. I'm like, dude, I'm like, don't. I said, just you start talking to her right now that, <laughs> you know, you guys have it great, but you don't have it that great. <laughs> that's so funny. I know uh, that's been the inside joke to a lot of the people in the rodeo community. All these memes that are popping up with fuel prices skyrocketing in the oh, nation sure. is the, that they think it's cheaper it's to uh, ride their horse into town <laughs> than to drive. And that joke's on you because oh, yeah. <laughs> to own a horse. 
and fully be able to care for them properly. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> there's a there's a British car show that I watch. It's uh, it's it's off. Well, there's no new episodes, but an older episode. Apparently, the one the one uh, presenter, the announcer's wife, was into horses. And one day, like on one of the episodes, somebody mentioned like horses, and he's like. Oh yeah, the horse. And he's like, and then, and then the horse is like looking at you over the stall and you'll get yelled at if you're not looking at it right. Cause you'll make it sad. And meanwhile, she's back there taking care of its poop and, and saying how she needs a bigger truck to carry it in. And then she needs one with a camper in it. And then pretty soon the horse is living in your house and you're living in the barn. He's like going on and on and on and on. Yeah. I think we had that discussion, um, with the very first oh, really? podcast we did when you were uh, like your man and I, and I was referring that, to yeah, my barrel yeah. horse. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause you said about putting so, yeah, him, they take priority putting down. Yeah. I'm like, you put, you, you murdered a guy. No, <laughs> That's a, that's assertive. Yeah. That is very true statement to, I think any equestrian or not necessarily rodeo, but any, just oh, in sure. general, an yeah. equestrian, yeah, their yeah. horse becomes the priority. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a money pit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, can be. Yeah, yep, yeah. sure can. If you don't have, well, uh, you don't have any have their... any hobby can become that way. I know people. That oh have, yeah, like, gun collections that would be like don't put their get kids through school. Yeah. You know, it's like oh. Well, my 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 boys love to joke. They're like, my mother does very well financially. Uh, they say we would be even rich if we could sell her wardrobe <laughs> i'll tell you what They're like do you know how many custom corsets my mother owns you when, know? So they, go, they go on a whole list and i'm like hey now it's good to feel good and look good <laughs> and i i you know the, somebody once said something about uh hoarder and i was like oh no 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 uh, hoarder collects things and doesn't use them nice. everything here gets used nice nice <laughs> I have two full closets full of the most beautiful wardrobe. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I was in the music business, we sold um, instruments, guitars and pianos and sounds, you know, a music store selling instruments. And it was, it was really like a guy's business. I mean, we had some like, you know, uh, female customers, but usually what it was, you'd have a guy come in with his girlfriend and he was looking at some new guitar that he wanted to buy. And the girlfriend would just have that look of disgust on her face. And sometimes you would hear the grumblings of like, well, how much is that? Right. And you could tell that there was like a financial consideration. And sometimes all we'd have to do if the guy really wanted to get like a, like a new guitar, um, and, but there was resistance from his significant other, all we'd have to do is say, in order to make this palatable for her, all we have to do is go home, count all her shoes and ask her to put prices, <laughs> ask her to put prices on them and add it all up. And odds are good you could buy two guitars. Exactly. <laughs> and, and every once in a while, like you'd get the woman or the guy would say, oh, she's got like, she's got the shoe she's wearing. And we, we would just like go, you got to marry this girl right now. Got to propose today. <laughs> yeah, it's a rarity. It's, it's yeah, I don't rare. know. I think I'm ruined for um, that aspect. I've been on my own for so long and uh, taken care of everything and do everything myself that if somebody were to come in and tell me, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh, really?" Uh, yeah, I'd be like, oh, "Say what?" Okay. It was nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, just you want to pull that door sh uh, tight on the way out. Exactly. It sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep, that is so true. Um, but with any lifestyle, I guess there's a full commitment to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for some people, it's uh, it could be it could be an interesting thing to navigate. You know, 
But, you know, I, I spun it around again, too. I go, look, I even made it off the off the photography. They used my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking tax write-offs. Exactly. <laughs> That's the name of the game, tax write-offs, yeah. No, exactly. Totally get it. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Now, anything else you want to talk about? Anything I didn't, you know, spend five minutes to let you talk for a minute? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I think we covered pretty much everything. I mean, um I, I'm just excited to see other models. Uh, hopefully they're benefiting from uh, yeah. you, your company coming out and helping models be able to well, there's, there's turn definitely, a profit. There's definitely some you know other what I mean? success like, stories coming along. Yeah. yeah you know, I, when I came back and I was uh, reading, like just getting into stuff and I was coming across these articles online and these are some, I would consider them successful pinup artists mm. in the industry if you look at their fan base and their artwork level and they're writing these articles saying well i don't make any money oh yeah yeah and i'm like well, well why not you know so i and so i was just digging into you know how how can you make money and everything else and so i'm glad to see that others are coming yeah. forward and it's and it's it is tough um because people don't want to spend anything on art because social media has made it free. So you look at their ads and people willingly mm-hmm. let that happen. And we're never going to get away from that, but yeah. you know, there are some, some things we can do here and there and hopefully, you know, do more of them. And I'm glad at least we've been able to get something done. Um, yeah. The in-person uh, oh, yeah. personalized stuff is that's, that's what works. That's where it's at. It's not the online stuff. No. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I share stuff and then that get, that reminds them, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. she's there. Does that make sense? And then, and well, then they reach out. I'll tell but, you what you just said there exactly is um, why I repeat things. Like you probably notice, I I promote certain things over and over and over again. Because, yeah, you did that with the with the calendar sales. Yeah, you you never know when somebody's looking. If you have mm-hmm. a, a an audience, you don't know just because you post it one day that everybody that needs to see it's going to see it. It's 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 time honored thing. Yeah, it's for Repetition, 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 and I also like. I also like to hit it from like a few different angles. Like for, for us, at least with the magazine, it's, it's a matter of, uh, of hitting it with social media and then direct things by way of email and then newsletters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if I thought postcards would work, I'd try it just because that repetition is so important. So yeah, sometimes you feel like you're being annoying, but the sad fact of the matter is it works. Well, I feel with the level of your rep, you know, repetition, uh, you guys get, I, I would think looking on the outside, looking in, that you guys would get the work first before another company or another magazine title. You know, it's it's just, I, I can't take a stab. I mean, I think I have an idea of what kind, like, let's put it this way. If a publication is putting out X number of, of issues a year, it's so many pages and so many models in an issue. What that would tell me is I would probably be able to take a pretty good guess at what number of uh, what the ratio is between their their submissions that they accept and those that they decline. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a surprise because and I had this discussion this week with this gentleman where I said, well, I said to him flat out, I said, I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes there will be entities or publications or whatever that if you look at their feed, it almost seems as if only supermodels submit to their publications because they only really share the best of the best of the best. And we try and keep it more balanced. We like the, we like, we like any day women who maybe just did their first photo shoot to wander onto our feeds and see somebody just like themselves. 
And that, oh, might, yeah. that might not be the supermodel photo, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, sometimes I wonder, like, am I doing myself a disservice? Because psychologically, there's another part to that where I forget which, which pharmacy, which, which drug company it was, um, but I don't know if it was CVS or Rite Aid or which one it was, but one of them at some point I saw, I saw an article where the company made a statement that in order to, to uh, shake up the perceptions of beauty, they were going to make a pledge that on their own in-house products, that their own store brand products, they would start using more everyday women in the packaging and in their ads yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. That lasted half a year. Yeah. Until they were back with the supermodels because the human psychology, what people respond to, you know, no matter how yeah. much somebody might say, oh, I would, I would support a business and a product that was more equitable to every person. At the end of the day, when you do the test and you try it, the person that's putting the supermodel on the package of their hair dye is going to get the sale. And that's, that's an unfortunate thing. So for me, it is. And that's, that's exactly what I've come down to. We've had to have discussions with people criticizing work or Mm -hmm. saying a little risque or something like that. And then the bottom line I've had to say to people is, well, sex sells. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know what to say that if you could put a tank out in the middle, it was on a calendar sales. We actually did these, uh, a military calendar Mm -hmm. one year and, and some women were upset that the, there were women pinups and not like active service members just in a uniform mm-hmm. or a tank. Like, and we're like, well, if we could put a tank in the middle of a meadow of flowers and people would buy the calendar, we do, do it, yeah. but yeah. they don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's really, that's really, it's a shame. And I wish I had the magic bullet to, to figure out how to counter that. But well, one, one thing that I'm, that I'm doing for my part is in our feeds, as you go through them, you will see, you know, stunning examples of, of attractive people, well executed, just like, you know, all the other publications that decide to do that same thing to get that mm-hmm. to get that mental impression in your head that oh, this is this is the best. And yet, I've purchased some other issues. They're not showing you everything that they publish, and it's just yeah. that simple. And for retro love, at least, um, you can you can go through there at any given time, and you'll see a variety, you'll see a diversity, and I'm going to stick to that. You know, if it, if it takes us doing it and, and, uh, I lose some people because it isn't just super polished all the time. Well, so be it. Um, the numbers speak for themselves, like how we got on this discussion. When I look at those other publications and I look at how many issues they put out and I look at the, you know, the number of models and the number of pages and I do the math and I think even if they, even if they declined half the stuff that they got in order to put out what they put out, um, we're still doing a multiple of 10 you know, we, 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 we easily get 10 times as many submissions just based on the numbers, you know? Yeah. And you're, and I have submitted to others and the, my best, the, the ones that sell is your, is your magazines. That's good. That's good. You know, when it comes to price point and, um, yeah, it's just a little too expensive to, to actually price point for a model to make money off of. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's actually been something that I've been, you know, conscious of all along because honestly I come from, I come from, you know, 10 years ago when I started it, selling copies at $10 a piece and they were 124 pages. And it's, that's when you, when you print 6,000 of them, you can do that. You can, Mm -hmm. you can give free copies to the people in them, but the way it is now it's, it's a numbers game and it's, it's the volume of, of how much you can actually put out because it's just, you know, per issue, it isn't enough to really justify it. So it has to be the, you know, the, the, the massive amounts of it. And again, 
like I said uh, a little bit ago, if we don't have a vehicle to be able to give people a yes, then they they'll give up. And I remember in the old days, I actually had seen some some artists who, when they first approached us, their work wasn't really up to it. When when we're you know publishing f- four issues a year and by the thousands, okay, there's a lot of expense in that. And uh, I'd see their work and I'd have to turn it down and I'd have to turn it down and I'd have to turn it down. And then in a few years, I'd stumble upon their work online and it improved so amazingly that I'd say to myself, now, why didn't they send me that? Mm-hmm. I would love to publish this. But they got discouraged. They got to the point where they felt, well, why bother? They're never going to accept my work. And uh-huh. so, so now I like having the different vehicles so that I can engage people at the level that they're at. And, yeah. and hopefully along the way, they see things that we post and see things that we say and pick up tips. And as they improve, we can put them in a better light. So I I appreciate that feedback. Now, one thing that I will add in closing or for my side of things, Uh I had a discussion just a few days ago with Billy Jane DeVille. And I know sometimes you guys online, I I just want to say that you should all get a room. Um, Y'all have a... (laughs) Y'all have a bromance going on, okay? Oh, she's just awesome. You know, uh, I, know. I can feel her energy, and it's likewise. And it's refreshing to have someone who's encouraging and helping other artists just like me because you, you've seen it. We've been through it. Or yeah. you're just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. it's not about, it's not all about you, girl. <laughs> yes. No, and I agree. I'm with you. Preach. But we had a conversation, and she said, you know, you made a comment, um, as, as Miss Jennifer's and I were talking about getting together to do a photo shoot that you knew somebody that could help. Oh, yeah. And I was, I thought that in my head, I'm like, oh, is he going to shoot it? Well, she said, she <laughs> said, were you, were you, were you offering your services? And I said, well, I said, if that happened, I said, yeah, I'd love to. And, uh, awesome. she goes, oh, she goes, you know, you know who else I would love to, to have join us for this? And I said, who? And she goes, Miss Aurora Colleen. Oh, and, she's awesome too. And I said, that would be pretty spectacular. But then we had the discussion of like, well, she's like on an entire different continent, right? She's, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's in Europe. And, uh, then Can't the, she come over for the bombshell tour. Well, the, we'll see this thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I said to, uh, to, uh, Billy Jane, I said, but you know, she's a jet setter. She's, she travels mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you can't write that off. So I don't know, maybe if we, if we tag her when I post this and, let her know that we name dropped. She'll listen and we'll see if. Uh, I know. And I happen to be, um, I just uh, booked a gig for Vandy Fair doing hair for a photo shoot oh, really? on the East Coast. Seriously? Yeah. So seriously. Vandy so, Fair, get uh, out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, so awesome. Uh, like that would, maybe we can line all up. I'll be out there anyways. Which, uh, where's it going to occur? Is it New York City? Yeah. New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause but I'll, you know, anything out of there is just a little hopper flight to get to true. anything on the, on the. True. True. On when, when does that happen? Coast. Um, I don't have all the the final the details. Okay. It literally happened yesterday. I apologize for not paying attention. It sounds like you told me that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I was just um, it was a it was a a connection that was made when I did when I took that gig in Mexico, mm-hmm. and um, that artist happened to be there too. And she and I chatted, and then uh, she loved my my work there. Excellent. Excellent. Thought it was phenomenal, and so they were. She just got um, hit up for an article this particular artist for Vanity Fair. And she's like, I have to have, I have to have Trina for my hair. I got a flyer from California. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. That's good on the resume. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. Well, listen, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm glad we got to do this. 
And, yeah, uh, we need to pinpoint a date and make yeah, that happen. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a special edition of yours out. Of course, you've done your calendars. You're gearing up for this year. Um, I know at one point I had actually said to you with the success of, of your first, you know, model special edition and the kind of quantities that you actually moved, that mm-hmm. if in the future you decided to to entertain that again, what we might also do is say, all right, based on past successes, it's possible that we could actually print this in a different way that's a lot more beneficial. Um, oh, that would be amazing. You know, the difference the difference just ends up being that it's it's a commitment up front. You know, it's yeah. a situation where huh. what, you, what you got to do before was buy 10, 20, and 100 at a time. If, if you really want to get a fantastic wholesale price on something, it's going to be ordering 500 and, the, of course, mm-hmm. the expense that goes with it. But you've got plenty of track record to know what's possible. And yeah, and, the, we'll and I can't wait for these big shows mm-hmm. to see a volume count, you know, um, because something like my special model edition doesn't really – I guess, you know, go to the wayside, so to speak. Oh, sure, like, of course not. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something that somebody still might Absolutely. be interested in purchase. So they, they don't know, I, they don't know it's a year old. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah because of everything that's happened with COVID and right. whatnot. So, exactly right. um, I planned on, you know, purchasing more of the copy and having it for this huge event because it's a week long deal here locally. Good. And we have lots of like um, a week. Shit, that's great. Oh, yeah. We have all kinds of people come from out of town to be a part of it and uh, other sure. states. Yeah. Sure, so sure. it's a big, big show. So Excellent. it'll be exciting to see what happens with that and what kind of then that gives you a better indication because that's something that would normally happen. You know, right. what we have all experienced with COVID, that wasn't. That was abnormal, you exactly. know, exactly. not in. Yeah. So that's excellent to hear. Well, we'll, yeah, we will continue to speak on that and, uh, within the next, well, hopefully before tomorrow's through, I, I actually have, I'm, I'm March, March for the last two years has been my slowest month and Isn't that funny? it's, 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 I'm okay with it because we're, we're, we're still already put, out, put out more than we have last year to up until this point. So yeah, it's it's given me the opportunity to get some things done that that normally would have been really squeezed. So um, I do have some time this weekend where I'm going to get back into those those photo sets and, and and dig in more with some some things that I noticed to let you know. And, that would be uh, awesome. And hopefully, you know, we'll be talking soon about some other opportunities. But I want to immensely not only thank you for your time today, but for all your help for this past year, all of the. Oh yeah, you know, it's an honor to get to say you're a. Uh, Spokesmodel for Retro Lovely Magazine. Well, good. I'm, I'm proud to have you guys. So <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate it immensely. And hopefully you get some rain soon. <laughs> I wish I yeah, could. Yeah, I know. You sent me that picture of the snow. I, can, I, I was you know, like, oh, let's be, be uh, praying for us here in California. We already had uh, air tankers having to drop water on, wow. on fires. Yeah. It's oh. just like, oh, man. And it's March. <laughs> you know, if gas so. wasn't so expensive, I'd ship some out to you. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, thank you so much. I want you to have a great day and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks. All right, be good. Take care. Take care. Bye.